0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss.
1: Hey, Todd. How are you doing, buddy?
0: Good, Jeremy. How about yourself?
1: Oh, good. I'm tired, but I'm good.
0: I bet you're tired. You've been busier than a one arm paper hanger.
1: Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm curious. When you moved from Maryland to Tennessee, did you guys move or did you have a moving company? Both. Oh, okay.
0: Because there were things that I didn't want anybody else to move but us. Yeah. Uh, like my collection and yeah. all of its and ancillaries, um, but they moved the like the household furniture the you know they moved uh, all the household goods. Oh, okay, yeah. Um stole some stuff, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, I heard that happens every
2: time.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did early on in the Air Force as a uh, when they retrained me from aircraft mechanic to paralegal was dealing with you know movers that steal because every time a military member moves to military hires movers to move them. And then there's somebody in the military that deals with those movers. One from the logistics side and one from the legal side. Uh, it's just horrific.
3: Hmm.
0: And actually the industry has gotten better since the military took its big fat nose out of it.
2: Hmm.
0: It's odd. No one ever thought that would happen. Yeah. Uh, except the, uh, the industry itself. Hmm. Um, they said, y'all are too easy to get over on Hmm. talking about, the logistics and legal people. Yeah. Uh, and some of us were, some of us weren't, I certainly was not. Um, I, I got a, uh, job offer from one of the big, uh, adjudicating companies that deal with them now Yep. because they wanted me to come help actually just build the program. And I'm like, no.
3: Hmm.
0: And they're like, well, you know, we'll pay you X. Uh, okay. No, why not? I think it would be akin to working for the mob. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I had been fighting them for so long. Yeah. I, I can't just jump ship and go to the enemy. Like some people. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, things get, uh, my in-laws when they moved, they hired a, you know, a private company, paid them. They lost nothing. Almost nothing got broke. So hmm. it depends.
2: Yeah. So I was think
0: if you uh, hire somebody based on the lowest common bid, you're going to get what you pay for. You hire an executive moving company. You're going to get what you pay for.
1: Yeah. Cause I was talking to somebody, a friend I knew that had moved and his company paid for it. And it was like, I think it's like $42,000 to move their house within the city. Yeah, it's like, man, but they had it's like pack a suitcase, you know, get what you need for a couple of days, stay in a hotel, and then you move into your house and everything's put roughly where you want it to be. You know, it's crazy. They like literally took all the glassware, all the plates, and they wrap it all, box it all. So they just walked out the door. I'm like, man, that would be such such a luxury. <laughs> you know, yeah. they've got a whole crew. You know, they got five guys going. It's done in a day or two. Like, wow, that'd be nice.
0: Yeah, my in-laws, though, they did the, <clears throat> the delivering company delivered all the moving stuff, the boxes and the packing. They packed up everything, okay. and the movers came back and got all the boxes.
2: Yeah,
1: that'd be, that'd be an all right way to do it. That way you know, like, it's sealed up the boxes, you know your stuff. Because I've heard everybody say that something always goes missing, and they don't know. Well, like if, I'm,
0: if yeah. you do all the boxes, then the movers don't know where the good stuff is. If they yeah. do it, they know where it is.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah, I've we've, seen, you know, people make special marks on boxes so they know, put them in last. You know, I've seen all kinds of shenanigans. Yeah.
1: Jewelry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's the jewelry box? <laughs> I wrote jewelry right on it. It's missing. That's weird. Oh, man. If we had that luxury, we've been, uh, so we got, my dad has this like motorcycle trailer and it's designed to fit two bikes and then accoutrement. So it's decent size, but... You you can fit like full, like the beds fit in full length, but we've been doing trip after trip with that. And I've realized I didn't, I didn't think this was a case, but I think I had more stuff in my shipping container and the garage than the entire house. It's just ridiculous, man. And then, so right now, like my parents' house that they're building, I don't know, it's probably going to be like September, October. And so, you know, they're living in there, there's a basement suite that was for my grandmother. When I was a teenager so they're living in there and then they have the back half of the shop where they just put all their stuff and it's full like the back 50 by 50 is full and so I'm just trying to get everything into the shop I'm not doing any organization it's just like literally okay boxes set them here tools set them here and it's unusable like I couldn't do anything out there if I wanted to but my word do I ever have a lot of stuff it's incredible I never thought I did. You know, I'm always like, oh, I need, I, need, I need more tools. I'd love this. I'd love that. But dude, man. Oh, and then we were we were kind of toying with the idea that if we didn't move, um, we were maybe looking to building a shop and I'm like, I don't want too big, like 50 by hundred. I thought it was too big, but being in 50 by 50 and just having my stuff and it's different once you get your workbenches set up and you get, you know, the proper carts built for different tools and stuff. But, oh man, it's crazy how much stuff I have in there but um no
0: shop is ever big enough
1: no no and you know i'm always concerned about efficiency right like i'm like if you have too big of a space then you're going to be wandering but you know you kind of segment it out right like i've got the area that's going to be for knife making and welding and that'll be all one so metal working i'm going to have my lathe and my milling machine i think in a dip my lathe for sure maybe in my milling machine in a different area um but then i the milling machine i use a lot for knife making too like for, you know, doing little slots and stuff like that. So that might be with the, the knife making, but you know, we've got, uh, a dedicated area for motorcycles. So the boys have all their dirt bikes lined up they've got a nice big workbench behind it. And, uh, there was like a lunchroom. It was the first office of the shop. And then they ended up turning it into a lunchroom and that's just full of bicycles now. So, so I've got like my own bicycle room, but, um uh, Yeah, it's crazy, man. So I don't know, like when we missed last week because we were busy moving and stuff, and then I don't remember where we were at. Like we've been so up and down whether or not we're going to move. On the last podcast, do you remember, were we going to move or was it off then?
0: Uh, In between the last podcast we did and the week prior to that is when everything changed. We just didn't talk about it.
2: okay.
1: Yeah, so I guess the whole thing is, like, we talked a bit about the warranty thing, right, and the problems that they're oh, having. Yeah. And Oh, anyway. I did some
0: research on that just to try to um, educate myself to feel a lot more of your frustration. Yeah. And, oh, my
2: God. Oh, it's insane, dude.
0: <laughs> it's like fourth graders wrote the law yeah. and second graders put it into practice.
2: Yeah,
1: And the thing I don't get is like, okay, you want a warranty on a home. I understand that. Why would you only allow insurance companies to take care of it? Because insurance companies, they don't ever risk anything. Like they never lose. They'll never set something up that has any, I I know. So the biggest problem that we had was that the way that everything's written at the, you know, the laws are kind of written. Okay. We need a warranty, blah, blah, blah. And I understand it. You know, they take a, a certain amount of money in a bond or whatever for the duration of the warranty period. And that money is to be used in case the person that built the house isn't willing to rectify any problems that come up. But the problem is like, so for us with the the remainder of the warranty, we had five and a half years left on the foundation and the structure of the home, and then six months left on the envelope. So the siding and shingles, and they were going to hold seven grand in our bank. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. Um, But because I'm self-employed, they don't, they think I'm too high risk. They said, well, if you had, you know, pay stubs from a company, we could call about your, how long you've worked there and how secure your job is. It'd be interesting. But you guys like Etsy and, and make knives, you guys are like crafting people and we're not willing to take a risk on that. And I'm like, I I can show you how much money we make, like, and we've consistently made good money, you know? Um, like we make more money now than I ever have working for somebody. So it's like, come on, what do you want? You know? Um, and, and so I even said, listen, I said, well, what if we put more money in bond? Right? Like I said, here, I'll give you 21 grand in bond. You can just freeze that in my bank account. Nah, not interested. And then the the other deals that my parents really want us to be, to buy their place. Right. Um, my dad is so attached to that. He wants it in the family. My sister doesn't want to move. Cause they've got a really nice acreage outside of Strathmore. And, um, my dad even came along and said, I'll post a hundred thousand dollar bond on the warranty for the house. Nope. They had one company I talked to He said, honestly, in the situation you're in, if you put the full purchase price of the house in bond, we would still say no. And I'm like, this, this is so asinine, this makes no sense. And they said, because this is a, a newer product, a newer requirement, we don't understand how it plays out. We don't understand what claims look like, how things get resolved. And the way that they wrote their policy, they have to go to the letter of which it was written. There's no exceptions. And even the people that want to buy the house, they call it the warranty people and said, listen, I will sign a document saying that I will not make a claim on on the warranty. If the house falls down, I will not make a claim. I'm willing to do that. You know, they had a home inspection. Everything's built to code. This is a very well built house. Nope, not interested, even if you sign that. So it's like there's there's only one way to do it. And so anyways, basically, I told my parents that we are not moving, like not going to happen uh, it's impossible. There's only seven companies in Alberta that that are allowed to underwrite this warranty. Not one of them will work with me, even though we have these extra conditions that we're willing to do. And then, um, the people that were buying the house, he saw my like YouTube play button. And then he reached out to me on Instagram and said, Hey, if there's anything we can do to work together, you know, we want that place. And, You like, before we listed the home, they were looking out in this area and they actually drove by our house two weeks before we listed it. And his wife said, man, why can't that place be for sale? That's the house I want literally. And when they told me that I was like, are you serious? And so anyways, came up with a solution. And my dad said, listen, what if they agreed to renting from you? And then we'll write up a legal document that says all the money that they pay in rent for the next five and a half years will be put, it'll be put towards the purchase price of of today that, that they agreed to buy and minus property taxes and insurance and so i i reached out to him i said hey this is like our hail mary this is the one thing we could do i don't know if you're interested and they're like oh, are you serious we'd love to do that and the the one thing it does for them is that if he ever decided he was transferred for work or something like that they're not stuck because we were going to do an uh, agreement to purchase where they get a mortgage and it goes through like a sale but the title doesn't transfer but then they're stuck for five and a half years. There's no way on earth they could legally sell the place. Right. Whereas this, this way, if something were to change, they could be like, you know what, we have to move now. And then all the money they paid in rent was just rent. And so we actually met with them two days ago and, uh, they came out here, super nice guys, uh, super nice family. they got three boys and, um, it's funny because they're talking to a house builder called Nelson homes and they build ready to move homes. And this house plan that we have was based on one of their models. And they were actually talking to Nelson to get that house built for them. And so then when they walked in here, they they said, this is exactly the house that we want, even to the point where like the the built in closets that we did, he had just done that in his house in Calgary. And they have the exact same drawers in the exact same configuration in their walk in closet they just sold. And he said, this is like our this exact same color that we have in our house. It's the same flooring. They said. Like this is exactly how we would have built this house. And it's just so weird. And, and we were talking, he said, we're willing to rent because to tell you the truth, we don't want a house in the country. We want that house in the country. And so, yeah, they're going to, we're going to, they're going to move in on July 1st. And, um, super great people are like, yeah, we'll pay you six months rent at a time. We can pay you a year at a time. So we don't have to waste time month by month. And we just got to get that document done up and then five and a half years. They will, uh, and it works good for them because essentially they're kind of getting an interest free, like they're not paying any interest on this time. Right. And so it's a really sweet deal for them, especially with interest rates going up. And then because my parents don't need the money for their house, they said, once you sell their house in five and a half years, then you pay us for, for our house. And I'm like, wow, this is just crazy. So that's a weird, weird schmazzle, isn't it?
0: It is. And, Just the you know, the way situation. things are going right now, you know, market is going to crash this year and we have inflation interest rates are going up and it takes about what, four or five years to recover mm-hmm. and everything to level back, you know, not, maybe not to, you know, last year's rates, but you know, something reasonable, normal, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: So you know, it's a, it's kind of a inflation buffer for those folks.
1: Yeah. And for us, yeah, you know, like it's, and, and yeah, no, I it was like, I don't know. They're such nice people to deal with. And, um, the whole time, you know, like we've sold a lot of houses and you just get the sense of who the buyers are. Like you'll get a home inspection and they nitpick every little thing. And I'm just like, no, I'm not fixing that. No, this, this house is kind of, there's nothing wrong structurally. And like one person, the last p- house we sold in Strathmore, they wanted me to paint the inside of the furnace cover, you know, the cover you take off to access the control panel. They wanted that painted and like, it wasn't rusty. They just didn't like the color, but it was a different color than the outside. It was like a green and the outside was a cream color. They said, we want that to match. And I said, I can't legally do that. This is an appliance that's approved. It's got a CSA sticker. If I paint it, I've all of a sudden altered it in a way that I'm not legally allowed to do. So I'm like, nope, nope. And they, You know, they got these like, ex- like uh, metal p- gas lines in the basement an undeveloped basement. Like we want those all painted. I'm like, I'm not painting that. You paint black pipe it's just going to rust nope not doing that and it just these people when they had their inspections zero qualms whatsoever said no everything's great go ahead and they just yeah so we met them we probably chatted they came out here like for two hours and it's funny because he looks a lot like i do like he got a bald head and a beard <laughs> and i'm like all my neighbors are going to think we didn't move <laughs> so it, just, it looks like there's a new woman in the house but but yeah i know they're good people so our goal, is, well, our goal is to be out by this week, and I don't know if we'll quite fully be there. But uh, we've spent three nights in the new house, so kind of living, I had to run out here this morning because I still have my podcast set up in here. But uh, next week, I'm not sure where I'm going to podcast because I don't have any office space there yet. We got to do, uh, there's a big office off the side of the shop, but we want to redo the flooring in it and just paint it and freshen it up because it's been vacant for like 15, 20 years. But Oh, it's good, man. I love it. It's unbelievable out there. Like, we go we out go and have a hot tub. We didn't this morning, but we go and have a hot tub first thing in the morning, and the birds are singing, and every single day there's deer wandering around, and oh, it's unbelievable. It is the coolest place.
0: Wow. You live in a 70s Disney movie. Yeah. this a cartoon. Kind
1: of, it is what it's like, man. We're killing all the magpies. Like, right now, magpies, they're the little babies, and they can't fly really well. And I hate magpies, like they're so obnoxious. And so my youngest for his birthday, we got him a pellet gun. And I think in the last week he's killed like 12 magpies. <laughs> Cause you can go about 10 feet from them and they don't fly away and you just pop them and they just hit the ground. It's uh, my dad always does that. He's like, oh, you gotta kill all the magpies in the spring or else you'll have like, you'll have magpies everywhere all the time and they just love it out there. So that's what we're doing. Pest control.
0: Yeah. The, the- big crows we, well, we have them we only have now two the same pair yeah the last two years they're you know there's only two so I leave them alone and they you know the the certain bugs and grubs and stuff so mm-hmm. then go on but when we were when I was trying to thin out the woodchuck herd here that, that was around the foundation of the house. I killed one and stupid crow was trying to, you know, come get it while I was trying to put it on the shovel to carry it off. Really? I just, I can't take you whack with the shovel. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, he stood there and he's like, what, 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 what's that? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're supposed to be smart. Yeah. I don't think whoever said that they were smart spent much time around. Now I, I get that they're, uh, they can figure certain things out. Yeah. So, you know, now they're saying uh, an octopus is intelligent. Yeah. Now, is it intelligent on our level or intelligent for an octopus? You know. Yeah. Intelligent for a sea creature? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I've but, heard crows can recognize faces.
0: Yes, they can. So can really? uh, uh, hummingbirds. They can huh. recognize the hummingbirds are allegedly the smartest bird there is as a species, hmm. and they can recognize the person who feeds them. Yeah. And they, you... they're they getting to, this year they're getting to know me already, so. Hmm.
2: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, but, uh, man, that's all we've been doing, just move, 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 and then we kind of to a point where we have, like, all the upstairs packed up and in boxes there, and then yesterday we're like, you know what, we just got to get some stuff organized because – you still have to live, right? Like we still want to cook meals and, you know, do laundry and have f- clean clothes. So yesterday I did the uh, one trip, I came out here and then everybody stayed home and got their, all their beds organized and started putting stuff on the walls and books on bookshelves and stuff. So today we got the basement to do, which is like all of our workout equipment, all the gym equipment, and then all of our food storage and stuff. So I don't know, hopefully between today and tomorrow. We can have pretty much everything moved I, I got rid of my shipping container i sold that to my next door neighbor and uh wednesday they came and moved it and so he's tickled pink and then after wednesday night he's like you guys gotta come over for a barbecue so i had a barbecue with them so but yeah, know he kept telling me my neighbor sergey he's like oh i hope they're not bad i hope they're good neighbors he's he's like i'm gonna be mad if they're not good people and i said oh you're gonna like them i said you'll probably like them more than you like me <laughs> Um, it's kind of cool. The guy that's buying the place. So he started out like his, when he was working, he started out just installing accessories and trucks, right? Like doing the lift kits and light bars and all the diesel tuning and stuff. And then he got into like bigger sales. It's a company that have uh, several shops in the city. And now he's, um, like a fleet manager. And so they'll buy like the construction crews, the road crews, when they sell off their fleets, they'll buy them all up. And then sometimes they'll just you know, make sure everything's good and sell them privately. So they got a couple sales lots around the city. So you could go buy, you know, use truck that was a highway truck or whatever. And then they also buy like weird collections and stuff. So he says, if you ever need any cars, man, he goes, we come across the strangest things. I'm like, what, like those little mini trucks? He goes, "Yeah, we buy tons of those. He goes, we probably got 40 of them right now. I'm like, oh, sweet. He goes, dude, I'll give you a really smoking deal. You need anything? You come talk to me. He says, uh, and so the way he works is, um, he just buys and sells stuff. Right. So he's mobile. So even when he was out here, he's like, I just got to take this call and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, he doesn't own any daily driver. So he's got, he's got a square body Chevy that's he's just about finished. And then he bought this big flat deck, uh, it was a highway crew truck, uh, a Chevy. And he's putting, he's jacked it up, put some big mud tires on it. Cause he says, well, if I'm moving out here, I need a farm truck. Like I want a good farm truck that I can do anything with. But, um, he said the, my daily he says i don't own a daily driver and basically he just goes and whatever vehicles in the lot that's not being sold in the next couple of weeks he just not whichever one has the most gas he drives it's so like when they came to look at the house they came in like a really like a brand new cadillac like uh the big one the suburban type and then when he came out on wednesday he's like in a dodge oh what's there a durango rt or whatever He's like, yeah, I just went in this morning. This one had a full tank of gas. I'll drive this for a couple days (laughs) and I'll just get a different vehicle. Because sometimes we're, the boss doesn't like it, but sometimes they'll take Corvettes home and stuff like that. Like, so the guy that owns a company, his two sons are taken over and the one of them is a pilot he's got a a little plane and they buy a lot of vehicles from Montana. And so usually like once a week he flies to Montana, he'll go to auction or whatever and like just buy 20 vehicles and then arrange shipping, then flies back. So he says, we get so many crazy things. And then the owner of the company is a car collector. So sometimes they'll get some really neat old cars like fifties and sixties that are estate sales or something. They go bring them up here and and then he has them in his collection. He says, It's kinda of fun. He loves cars. Like he's a, my whole life is cars. But um, yeah, know he's a very interesting guy. He's like, If you want a cheap car, like you need a second car for the kids, he goes, Man, he goes, We got good, reliable cars, we can get you for a thousand bucks and stuff. So that's kinda of cool. I think my boys might be interested in that, but
0: yeah, sounds <sighs> like a great guy.
1: Yeah. No, and his wife's super nice. Like they're the kind of people that you just get along with, right? And you just talk, same type of people. And like I was telling staff, I was like, man, if, if we lived in the city beside them, it's like, man, we'd, we'd be together all the time. You know, just like my neighbor, Sergey, you know, we chat all the time and we just get along so well. And so I feel good about that. You know, like you wouldn't want some, some crusty old jerk to move in and you know, like we have good relationships with all our neighbors. And so you kind of feel a certain sense of, you'd feel bad if some jerk face moved into your house and all your neighbors hated them, you know, ultimately that's not. Too bad
0: that a lot of people don't feel that way.
1: Yeah. And really, I mean, it's not my responsibility, but at the same time, there's a certain sense where well, I care about this community. community. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's not like the neighbors are going to buy your property, but still.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're,
0: it's like burning a bridge, dropping a angry old bomb there, yeah, yeah, letting Todd buy your house
2: <laughs> there
1: you go, but yeah, once my parents move out, there's a few in Donette ever want to come up here, man you got we got accommodations for you, you have your own suite,
0: oh, hey? that's, that's on the to do list for yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, I wanted to go to Montana this year, but uh now some things have changed in mm. our plans yeah family does that too
2: yeah yeah oh yes but yeah no
1: we've been man we have had rain here like we haven't had in years it's it's so nice
0: we've had no rain in 95 98 degree temperature
1: wow
2: that's crazy that's crazy
0: oh no the grass hasn't grown i'm happy yeah i'll stay in the house in the ac i'm good yeah <laughs> as long as that grass doesn't grow.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, what's sweet is that my parents, uh, they had two little John Deere track. One's like the, uh, it's a diesel, uh, like zero turn mower, one, the big commercial ones. And then they had another little diesel garden tractor that has a rototiller. And so my dad said, I'll leave you the zero turn. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, yeah. He was like, we don't need that. <laughs> but he took the little tiny diesel, um, Cause he's making a little thing on the front of it. So he can wheel his plane in and out of his hangar. So he took that to his hangar. but dude, man, it, like the boys love that zero turn. They just fire that thing up. And I don't know how fast it goes, but you can mow like, it seems like you're doing mock chicken, man. You're just like, just doing laps and they could do the entire lawn in less than an hour. It's phenomenal. And then, uh, I'm actually leaving the, the riding mower that we have here. Obviously I'm not going to need it. And it was given to us by Steph's grandma. And so I told the guy, I said, I'll just leave this. You can just have this mower. It's not the greatest thing. It's not the widest deck on it, but you know, it takes three hours to mow the lawn, but at least it's better than a push mower, you know? So, so you may want to upgrade that in the future, but, and then uh, also with their agreement, like I told them, I, I said, you know, if you're going to live in a place for five and a half years, that's a long time not to do stuff to it or to make it your own. Right. And so in the agreement, we're putting that if they want to do any improvements, uh, develop the rest of the basement. Or if he wants to build a shop, they just have to let us know ahead of time. Like we're going to say yes, unless they're going to like rip out the kitchen or something. I'm like, "Eh, no, but like, if you just want to finish off the basement, but the only thing is is that if you guys do move, uh, you know, before the five and a half years is up, we won't reimburse you for that work. And he's like, no, I totally get that. And so they'd like to, he said, he thinks like in the winter, he's going to start finishing off the basement. And, um. So yeah, go ahead and do that. Let her rip, you know, and then he also in a couple of years, year or two, he wants to build a shop and I said, yeah, you can do that. And as long, you know, if you're looking at it, it's like, okay, this is our house, right? It's, it's totally fine. And, and so the nice thing too, is that it's not like we're renting out to renters, you know, these people have full intentions of buying this, this is like their house. So, and it's it's true, really, like we've had rental properties before, but usually like, like a fourplex or something less expensive and you get a different clientele, right? Whereas if you get someone who's like paying a a significant chunk every single month for in rent, it's it's just different people, you know, it's not like you're going to have wild parties and punching holes in the walls, which I've experienced with different tenants and stuff. And it's like, oh, so that's good. If they're willing to pay like a year at a time in rent, he's like, we'll pay year by year. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you're, you're some... Dream tenants right there. Not that they're actually, it's weird because technically they're not tenants, but we have to write it up in such a way that, you know, everybody's protected in case they do move or something, you know, but, oh, it's just, even all that stuff, like working that stuff out and this, and that it's just, it's so exhausting. You know, I'm not used to doing paperwork and talking and thinking up things. And like, I'm just used to like making stuff and then selling it and packaging it. And, oh man. Every night I go to bed, I feel like I've been hit by a semi-truck. I'm <laughs> like, wow. Aye, 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 But The boys, like, <clears throat> having two young adult boys is sure nice for loading stuff, man. You know, I was busy with the people, and they are just hauling boxes, hauling boxes. They've probably done half the moving the boys have, so they've been a huge help. And They're just itching at the bit to take the Bobcat and start building a dirt bike track out at the new place. Oh, yeah. Anything, uh, what's happening? Anything exciting in your world lately?
0: Not really. I'm doing, uh, got a, uh, 12 volt, 15 gallon sprayer for the outside.
2: Oh yeah. Uh,
1: like tow behind.
0: They're meant to be on the back of an ATV, but I just put it in the bed of the mule. Oh, right on. And, uh. We're trying to, you know, get some edging done, liquid edging. Uh, Get rid of some, uh, you know, just kill weeds and grass where you don't want weeds and grass.
2: Yep, yep.
0: Uh, Been, uh, still working on those two lawnmowers. Got one running, no problems. The other one, not so much right now, but. It's not like I'm putting eight hours a day on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe work on it an hour, then leave it for two days. Because yep. the battery's got to charge back up. But hmm. Let's see. Oh, I'm trying to get the tractor out and uh, get it all cleaned up and de-spidered and snaked. Oh,
1: yeah. Get it back
0: in the service.
1: What kind of snakes do you have most common there?
0: Uh Black snakes. Harmless, but we have four different kinds of uh, uh, venomous snakes here in Tennessee. The most common of those is the copperhead. Oh, okay. And that was the one that was beside the lawnmower a couple of weeks ago.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He died. Yeah, you go. Okay, you he I got... guess He
0: died of natural causes. I did not kill him. Oh, in really? In case Tennessee DNR is listening, because that's a crime.
2: Really? Yeah. Huh.
1: Animal life is more important than human life sometimes? No,
0: I don't understand why, you know, killing a poisonous snake is against the law, but it is.
1: Hmm. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to, is there an agency you can call and they come remove it or what?
0: If they will.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, one of the complaints here is you call them and they don't.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, they never show up. Yeah, But there's a, a couple of exceptions in the law. One is if it's, you know, trying to attack you. So, of course it was.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it, it was it, once I had it in the uh, snake grabber.
1: Yeah. So that's what I was wondering, like, do you have tools or something, some way that you can actually try oh, had, to?
0: That's a, one of the first things I did when I moved here, and everybody was laughing at me, until the first copperhead shows up. And I'm like, oh, wow, we're really glad you got all those snake tools. Yeah. So I've got a snake pole, a snake tongs. Okay. Uh, snake-proof boots.
1: Because they don't even, ever jump higher. Mostly, it's the ankles they go for, right?
0: Yeah, wherever level they're at. But yeah, like the the one that was next to the lawnmower was only about two foot, and he but he was striking upward. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he was trying to lunge it. Huh. The pole and the net. So. Oh wow. He was going one way or the other.
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: What's it like? Is it, like, the full of adrenaline when you're dealing with that?
0: Early on it was. Now it's just like, meh, another snake, really. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> since I have a, uh, a deep-seated fear of snake, that I would not be able to do it. Yep. I've never had a problem with it. That's crazy. It's just one of those things where a switch goes off and, oh, you got to do something.
2: Huh. Because it's yeah.
0: you, Danette, and Benny. Who's going to do it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you just... Mm. And not everybody's like that, I understand. I am, you know, something something like that, an emergency comes up, you you go into that mode.
2: Yeah, it's gotta deal do what you gotta it. do. Huh.
0: Same That's with crazy. spiders. Um it, it's crazy. I'm not scared of like uh black widows, uh brown recluse, anything like that. Now mm-hmm. I, I respect them,
3: mm-hmm.
0: particularly brown recluse, but like the harmless spiders they freak me out and i'm scared of them but it's <clears throat> not gonna to stop me from stepping on them yeah yeah it's
2: weird hmm. and i
0: think it's because uh a black widow looks like it what it is yeah it's you know otherwise minds its own business got a red hourglass mess with me you might get it you might not um, a brown recluse likes the same warm, cozy places we do, so when people get bit, it's by accident, generally,
3: hmm.
0: you know, so it's just minds its own business. The most common spider here is called the aggressive house spider, and they call it that for a reason it It acts like it's a you know Billy really? bad butt, but it ain't got nothing really. It just just you know, rares up, acts like it's got fangs, <laughs> it doesn't just stupid, huh. Like the black racer snake, you know, it'll act like it's a rattlesnake. It'll rattle its tail when it, when it doesn't have a rattle and it'll yes. act like it's spitting and, uh, trying to bite you and it has no teeth. Really? Yeah. It pretends to be a rattlesnake to fend off a of, 'cause Cause it has no other, uh, defensive mechanisms other than it's a strong, strong snake. Huh? When it wrapped around my arm, I was like, dang. Really? You are something.
2: Huh. And
0: and they can, the the larger ones, they kill the copperheads. I'm like, wow.
2: Wow. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. It'll fold it up and eat it. Really? I'm like, wow, that's weird. Huh. Copperhead's a big snowflake.
2: Huh. That's crazy. Huh, that's interesting.
0: You're, you're the most deadly snake in Tennessee, and you let the one that's completely <laughs> unarmed kill you.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. it's like a chihuahua taking down a pit bull. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> he got me. He got me. Ay. yeah, aye. aye, aye. That's I don't cool. trust
0: chihuahuas anywhere. There's little cats in a dog suit.
1: Yeah. You know, we were over at, um. so at Cigarettes for the Barbecue, he's got four dogs. Two of them, have you ever heard of the American Akita? Yeah. Nice looking dog, man. He's got two of them. He got a male and he thought, well, these things are expensive. I should get a female and start breeding them. So he's going to do that, but they're male. His name's Baloo and, uh, Sergei, he goes, Baloo and, um, big, big dog. Like they figure he will be 90 kilos when he's fully grown. He's like large for that breed and they look really mean, really scary, but they're super friendly. And so we we're out in the back de- barbecuing and then the dog jumps up on me to lick my face and like literally his head is at my head and the strength, like I grabbed, cause he's got claws, right. And is kind of scratching. So I just gra- grabbed his paws and I'm holding them and I'm petting them. And then he tried to get his paws free and I had to hold on. Like that dog is so strong, super friendly though. Right? Like not great with the kids. Foster walks up to him, pets him. Foster could ride the thing, but then they have two, uh, what are they, not marquees, two Yorkies. One of them super friendly, and the other one is a, the smallest little Yorkie I've ever seen, and they have his hair all done up, and they let it out, and then his wife is like, no, 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 it's like, this little dog will bite everybody, <laughs> and so I had to put that one away, so he's got these huge and they're great like these uh akitas they're so good for an acreage right like he's got his whole yard fenced in now so they can run around but there's no way on earth anyone would set foot into the, to the yard with those dogs there because they look mean they got the dark face a big wide head and uh it's so funny you know those those ones are all fine that's other yorkies fine but the smallest little dog they have is the meanest one and like no 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 we can't let them around people or she she bites everybody like, no, no no we're not gonna get your kids bit put it away and Sergey's like it's fine and his wife's like no it's not fine he's gonna bite everybody <laughs> but that yeah, was fun it's cool it's cool seeing the way so they they've been asking us to come over for a barbecue and then once we're settled they're gonna come over to our place for a barbecue and uh man it's so good like just sausages and and big huge chunks of steak and then his wife made a salad and so good like just there's a kind of a traditional ukrainian salad just take like a tomato and and she kind of it was almost like she was you like you'd whittle a stick you know like do draw cuts towards your thumb. She just chunked up this tomato and I've never seen a tomato cut like that like usually I' like you know you slice it or you cube it or something you have it on a cutting board but no she just has it in her hand she's all this stuff she cut oh, just with her hand no cutting board at all That's with a small paring knife. what's that?
0: That's how my grandma used to cut everything yeah
1: it's interesting i it's it's so cool seeing the way other people cook. You know, I was like, oh, this is, this is borderline, a cultural experience. You know, it was really, it was actually a really good time we had with them. They wanted us to drink a lot more vodka than we did. <laughs> They're like, "Vodka?" I'm like, no, no, no. I had two beers. I'm like, I'm good. He's like, no, no, you need some more beer. I'm like, no, no vodka. No, it's like, sir, I got to drive home here, man. A couple of Heinekens is good for me, but I know it was fun. Oh, and then we gotta move our big like our ceramic barbecue, the big green egg knockoff, and then our flat top. Oh I assembled those out on the back porch and I'd like to move them without disassembling them, but I might have to. I don't know. Suckers are heavy. Have
0: you ever heard of a trailer? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like a flatbed or a tilting trailer. You bring over the forklift and just pick them up. Yeah,
2: that's true,
1: eh? I would, except our ground is so soft right now. It's so saturated with water. It's crazy. Like when we moved in, a lot of stuff we just drove it was in the winter time. And so we just drive the trailer to the walkout basement and load her up. And it, it sucks. Like everything has to come up through the house now because it's just so soft. We put big old ruts in the grass if we drove back there right now, but. Oh, well. Have you ever heard of forearm forklifts or like moving straps?
0: Yeah, we have two sets. Yeah,
1: those things are awesome, aren't they?
0: And oh. the ones that, uh, the strap that you use, you can use the same strap, but you have to know how to use it. But yep. There's a separate one that lets you carry stuff on your back. Yeah, we You got know, like that you too. can pick up, like a guy, you know. Oh, yeah. What we're used to do is, you know, one guy on each side of a dresser. Oh, no, with this back strap, you can just hike it up and lean over and you've got the whole dresser on your back. Really? Oh, yeah. That's cool. And it's. It doesn't look like it's better for you, but it is, because hmm. it puts the weight where we're meant to carry it, not where yeah. we normally carry it. Yeah, because about the worst thing you can do is compress your spine carrying something heavy. Yeah, and this allows you to roll over with the weight. Yeah,
2: so. yeah, that makes sense.
1: i know We don't have one like that. Like we got the ones where you put your forearms through. And then it also has like a back harness. So you're still lifting in front of you, but it's, it's uh, the weight goes under your shoulder. Yeah. But even just those, those straps, like even for things like um, things that aren't heavy, but you always have to reach down to the floor level, lift them up, you know, and you got all that pressure cutting into your hands. And, and especially with my boys, like, oh man, I showed them these things, like these things even work. I'm like, let you just watch, let's try this. Let's move this We have like electric keyboards or something. Or a dresser i'm like just like this and i'm like oh my goodness i'm like i know like you literally only have to lift it up six inches you can walk you can set it down anytime you want you know you can both set it down at the same time nobody's going to get their hand crushed oh man they're so slick
0: and you can like glide things into place instead of yeah scratching your floor
2: yeah you know. yeah yeah oh,
0: that's, that's the thing. other thing talking about gliding things into place those nylon furniture dollies. Yeah. Little disc you put under things, make everything slide nice and easy. Yeah. You don't want to put burn marks in your carpet. Mm-hmm. I never was a believer of them until the first time I used them. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Awesome.
1: I know, it's funny. Things like that that I've always like, oh, what a gimmick. This is for people that don't have any, you know, people that are weak and soft i'm like he used those i'm like oh dude man this is nice <laughs> this is so much better than just being a hero <laughs> you know
0: yeah, i think i was uh, more apt to try them because i had used uhmw in woodworking on one of the tools to make it slide on wood easier
2: mm-hmm.
0: i'm like yeah it makes sense so i tried those things and i'm like
2: oh yeah yeah you
0: know, I know what i got to this day i've got like four or five sets
1: yeah Oh, and even for something like, oh, you want to paint a wall and you got furniture, it's like it's not even just for moving, it's like, oh, or anything, right? Like, oh, let's just slide this out real quick. Painless and easy, no damage done, you know. That's good. I have um <clears throat> UHMW tape. So it's real thin, like I'd say it's yeah. a tenth out thick. I put that on my um my work rest for grinding. And man, that stuff works slick. Like it lasts about a year and then I'll swap it out. Cause eventually some of the, the grinding steel gets impregnated in it. Um, not that it scratches anything cause it, you know, it's just a spine of your knife if you're using a grinding jig, but, um, man, that stuff works. So slick, so much smoother than just metal on metal and metal on metal. You know, when it gets, uh, wet, depending on the grinding jigs I use that are solid block with the angle machine into them. You know, you got two pieces of metal with water in between and it, it, creates a little suction, you know, whereas with that UHMW tape, it just slides and slides. Oh, it's slick as a whistle. We used to use that on, um, you know, the carousels at airports that are like big ovals that are kind of sloped at an angle Yeah. and those plates. So we would stick that between the plates where they would slide back and forth because they're stainless steel and it would just, it would give so much longevity because it's amazing. You get that stainless steel sliding back and forth and like four years of heavy use and you pretty much worn those suckers through. So we put these UHMW tape and like every, every year we'd swap it out, man. You could, you could make those flights. We call them those individual pieces of stainless steel. We call them a flight. Those things would last for 10 years when you use that tape. So we had rolls and rolls of it and they were throwing a bunch of it away when we we're moving. I'm like, I'll take all that. And I had it in my garage for like 10 years, never had a use for it. <laughs> and then I'm like, Hey, I should try this on my, my work services for my grinders, but. That's one thing I'm thinking with um, once we're set up, I'd be a lot better off doing uh, knife making classes now, you know, now that I'll have room, like uh, maybe grab me a couple more grinders and shoot, you know, 15 minutes from the city. And uh, there's a guy local here who does knife classes and he, I would say he does four or five a week and he'll do things for like, you know, a bachelor party. It's like, hey, everybody get together, like uh, company experiences. I think he's probably got like eight grinders. And, you know, the people aren't making a great, amazing knives, but people want an experience, you know, it's like, dude, for the bachelor party, we're going to go out and we're each going to make our own knife, you know, and you can make a knife in a day. You have a full eight hour day. You can, each person can make their own knife. And I thought, man, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun, actually. So I'm, I'm hoping to, for next spring, summer, I'm really seriously looking into what it would take, you know, insurance and everything too. Like you'd have to have, make sure everything's all that way, but give up the bicycle room, it'd be like a lunch room there so everybody can come in, put their jackets, water bottles, whatever. You know, when they we bring in lunch, they have a place to eat that's not in the shop and oh man, it'd be a slick little setup to do to do knife classes out of. Be fun. And then uh I'm gonna build a cart for my forge and then a separate one. I'm gonna put my heat treat oven on a cart so I can move that around so that it, you know, it'll kinda slide under my workbenches. But then when I need it, I can pull it out. And uh, be able to forge inside, I think that'll be so nice. Just The forge will always be there, you know, just have, have a place for it and get a big old propane tank, and it's like, yeah, we're going to forge today, boom, turn it on, you're done, you know. Don't have to move all the motorbikes out of the shipping container and <laughs> move all the jerry cans out of there and yada and once yada. once you
0: don't have to do that, you're more apt to use it.
1: Yeah, yeah. More
0: often anyway.
1: Because mm-hmm. if I want to forge anything, it's about an hour of like half an hour before and half an hour after just to get everything set up in there, get everything out of there that I don't want, you know, damaged potentially from hot sparks or catching on fire. So man, if you just had it all set up, it's like, yeah, boom, turn it on. Even if you got like, Oh, I just need to tweak a piece of steel. and need to bend this, you know, just fire it up. You're good to go. It'll be fun. It'd be fun. And, uh, you ever have any hankering to go to Blade Show?
0: You know, I'd like to go one year.
1: You... We should go. when When I'm finally allowed to travel, we should we should figure it out. We should go together. Absolutely. I think all the we just have people like mowing us over, wanting autographs from the podcast.
0: I think there'd be, you know, <laughs> ones of people wanting us. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right
0: oh, it's Jeremy and Todd from Can-Am Soup. I can't believe they made it. What? <laughs> I think it'd be more like it's Jeremy and his personal assistant from single, Simple Little Life.
1: <laughs> no. No, it'd be fun. It's uh, I got to get back into the... I feel like I'm not part of the knife community anymore because I'm not sharing anything knife-related right now.
0: In some ways, that's not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, it is kind of nice to step back a bit.
0: Well, and some of the... Not all, but some of the more outlying douchery Instagram knife community seems to be fading off, thank God. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I saw one, it popped up on my, because now it's not uh, somebody I follow, ad, ad, somebody I follow on Instagram. Now it's somebody they want me to follow. Yeah. Somebody they want me to follow. Add, 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 add. Somebody I follow. Yeah. Good God, people. Well, one of the, oh, you know, you follow some knife makers. Here's one for you. We think you'd like. He chrome plates his knives. (laughs) What?
2: That's crazy.
0: You what? Oh, go back to school.
2: Yeah. That's nuts
0: how is that even a good idea yeah who thought of that
2: yeah yeah (laughs) that's crazy i haven't seen that one
1: have you noticed how instagram everybody posts stuff now like i loved the old instagram when it was like a picture or a video and now it automatically turns your video into a reel. and so many people share stuff and they put music to it now like it seems every post has a song and now that instagram's worked out like the the rights to use popular music Oh, I, I can't watch Instagram with volume on. Like, I literally have my phone on silent. I'm, I turn the volume all the way off. And then I'm like, okay, so guys, Forging, you'll have it there. But if you have the music, he's got some stupid pop song going or some hip-hop that's got, like, curse words all over. It's like, dude, no. I'm, oh. I would rather hear the tool. If you're Forging, I'd rather hear the hammer marks than some stupid song over top of it, you know? Instagram is so weird lately. I I, I don't go on it much anymore. I'm just like... I'll check it out. And I'm like, oh, this is a, it's obnoxious. It's like, it's like too much, you know, too much going on. And, and then you're fed all these, I get all these ones like these stupid something, something engineering, or they'll, they'll have like the worst hacks ever. Like a guy will make a pair of pliers out of a nail and a bolt. Yes, yes. And it's like some Indonesian or something like, and it's like, and it's so fat I'm like, this is fully dumb. Or like, what do they call it? Mr. Idea, or all these ones. And I block all these accounts and then more come up. And it's like, ugh. there's a very few things that are interesting, but I'm just like, man, what is this? This is, it's not even educational. It is just like time suck. You know, I used to love Instagram. You go back like five years when it was like, okay, I follow all these knife makers and they'll post progress pictures of their knives or their finished knife. They'll show how it cuts and there's no music over it. It's just them. Hey, there's my new knife. Check it out. I'm like, oh, I love that. It was just like just like as if we were in the same room together and it's like, Hey, here's a knife I'm working on. Have a look. Cool. I mean, I can't touch it, but it's the same experience. And now it's like, but all this stupid music It's like, dude, man, turn that off. Oh, it's getting worse.
0: Uh, very much so. Instagram I'll, is killing itself just like
1: yes, yes. every other progressive uh, trying to be progressive. Uh, ideal, well, You
0: know, Facebook killed itself. Yeah. Um, Myspace before it, you know, all these things, you know, and I don't know what the hell TikTok is supposed to be, but.
1: (laughs) Are you on TikTok? No. No, I mean, I've
0: never been to TikTok. Me neither. And. Yeah. I know we've discussed several times (laughs) social media and it's (laughs) upsides and downsides, especially uh, YouTube and the audience trying to drive your channel instead of you. Mm -hmm. And I was watching one, uh, channel this past week and at the end of the video, he just said, look, I know there are people out there that want this. And I know there are people out there that want that. This channel is not a channel that makes content just for the sake of making content this channel is here to document what I'm doing at the time I'm filming. Mm-hmm. You don't like it, you know, go find something you do like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'll be darned if you didn't gain subs. Really? You think
2: yeah. so? Huh? Uh,
0: no, he lost some and gained some, but the net result was that it went up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, these um, people that, and he said it's a it's something you run into because he did you know five or six videos in a row on the same kind of thing because mm-hmm. it was a project. Yeah, and then you start the next one, and then they bitch because you're still not doing building planter boxes or whatever, just making something up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: no, that was what I was doing then. This is what I'm doing now. You know, like it? Hey, hey, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, go somewhere else
2: and uh, yeah because
1: i think last time we talked about on the podcast like when i did the video what was the one i took down oh tile saws and like in the first two days i lost 47 subscribers and the comments like what on earth are you doing like i'm here for the knife making and it's like oh man
0: well (sighs) knife making wasn't even part of the channel
1: i know Beginning. i know it was never supposed to be yeah, but the yeah but the the vast majority of the audience came there once I started doing the knife making and that's well, that's why it. that's why I could do the it's second your channel.
0: channel you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. i'm not just speaking about you know jeremy and his ch- brother's channel it's just youtube as a whole yeah you know youtube makes billions off of other people's back mhm and then they give them pennies and then they tell you Oh, we think you should do this. We think you should do clickbait. We think you should, no. Pay me more, and then you might have a voice. Yeah. But, you know, and then if you don't do everything they say, they shadow ban you or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it's called, these days.
2: Yeah.
1: It's weird because channels tend to niche down, right? You start a channel, like either your vlog channel, and it's just vlog, like just the daily life of whatever. Um, or you do something and, you know, the guy starts a making channel and they does more woodworking projects than metal projects. And then, you know, it's weird. Cause it seems very few channels can actually keep a very broad subject range. And I don't know, it seems. And then, so like, I didn't know how it worked when I started YouTube. I just, the, you know, I was getting like, oh yeah, I got 10 views on this video, building a chicken coop and then this and that. And. You know, I knew half the guys were the guys that I used to work with watching this. And, and then you do a knife making one. And all of a sudden it's like, seriously, I got a thousand views on a video. This is insane. Check a few days later. It's like the 5,000 views. What? And I'm like, okay, boom, knife making it is right. And just without even thinking about the long-term game that if I do this, I literally have to have this being the main source of content. Cause this is what everybody's watching. This is what they want to see here. And so it's just boom. Keep, now I'm pigeonholed and I'm, I'm in this niche and that's how it is. And it's, it's fine. Right. But I think, uh, I didn't realize it till much, much later. And so it's like, oh, I've got a YouTube channel. Let me show you my bike. I love this karate monkey. And then you show it and people are like, what, what are you doing? You're wasting my time. And I'm like, well, I'm just showing you what, what I like, you know? And so that's why I started the second channel. Cause like I care less what anybody thinks on that one. And it's like, don't you know whatever it is it could be motorbikes could be bicycles could be making stuff um but yeah and then yeah i thought okay well i gotta do a princess auto video so i didn't exhaust you know putting in the exhaust on my truck and man that thing just bombed just <laughs> it's like how, how to destroy your youtube channel so i don't know i think even if i make a knife even if i didn't use anything from princess auto just be like yep yeah, thanks to princess auto for sponsoring this video that would do better for them than, you know, trying to actually be like, hey, Princess Auto carries this. Like, one thing I want to get from Princess Auto is a motorcycle lift. And uh, I'm like, oh, I should do a review of it. I'm like, no, that would be the dumbest thing I could ever do on Simple Little Life. Even though it's Princess Auto and they're sponsoring it, I would do more for their brand if I just made a knife, didn't show anything from Princess Auto, but just put in the beginning, this video is sponsored by Princess Auto. Done. You know, it's so strange. And I always get think the, that—
0: Get the motorcycle lift? Mm-hmm. And take a book out of this old Tony, you know, take a page out of his book. Yeah. Get the motorcycle lift. Make the video of making a knife. Yeah. When it's done, the unveiling is you lay it on the uh, <laughs> motorcycle lift and lift it up.
2: That's
1: a good idea. <laughs> 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 or, or drive a motorcycle onto the lift, sit, sit the knife on the seat and light it and then go... And have some music, like
0: oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's funny. Just take a page out of his book. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 totally. It's like and
0: completely out of left field.
2: Yeah,
1: and, and it's <sighs> and that's all I have to do. Like, I have to have one mention of Princess Auto in every vi- in a sponsored video. Like, I don't have to use their products. They see either one mention uh, or one product placement. Um, and so you could do that you know and the thing is like the knife videos get the most views by far so i kind of feel like you know i i did one i think the best one i did for them was when i made the knife with the 1x30 right because i used my carta from princess auto uh, i used that 1x30 from princess auto and it's weird because from for me making that i'm like this is not that fun you know it's a very plain jane knife but that was kind of the purpose of the video too it's like hey if you're getting started you can use a one by 30 you know but um yeah I, I think I would do better for them if I just made something even a fancy crazy steel super exotic woods with all the tools that I don't that I couldn't buy from Princess Auto and just say this video is sponsored by Princess Auto that would get them more bang for their sponsoring dollars than me showing actual products that they they make even I thought like the forge when I bought that forge from them I thought oh this is great this is right up the knife making alley and they're gonna be stoked about it and meant those videos didn't do very well it's like if I'm not making a knife in a video it's like you're garbage we don't want to watch you. <laughs> we don't care
0: well there are people that I don't know why but if it because on the thumbnail it shows um, that it's a sponsored video up mm. in that right hand corner Yep. left- hand corner whatever people won't watch it
2: yeah that's true like,
0: oh he's already getting paid for this yeah, I'm not, oh shut up idiot
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and then I like uh some that keep me from fast forwarding through video uh, advertisements for stupid video games uh, one guy anytime he gets a sponsor he does his video on whatever he wants and puts the product at the end of the video so like it's the second half yeah so you can just stop watching if you want
2: yeah yeah
0: i'm like i'm not sure the advertiser would like that but whatever yeah but some of those video game guys they in those contracts i have heard they dictate where in the video it is oh, really? and then they give you the video clip for it
1: yeah yeah and you have to talk about like a, i'd raid shadow legends send me uh a, yeah. a, and two minutes they went two minutes I'm like, that is a long time in a video, man. And like, I just use a fast forward. Anytime somebody's got a sponsor, unless I'm interested in it, like if it's like, oh, even something like the Jackery or something, like these little power things. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's something I would actually consider purchasing. But like a video game, I'm like, nah. Or if it's like, hey, this video's brought to you by Squarespace, it's like, okay, I already use Squarespace. I don't wanna see you explain how to build a website. I, I know how to do that. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. You know?
0: I wanna uh, see it. A- Square Squarespace video that admits, Hey, we think we, we tell you on all our advertisements, we're the easiest thing in the world. We have templates that are easy to change and they're not, Yeah. but, um, anyway, yeah, and then they say, Oh, if you have problems, you know, we have the best customer. Do you, I've had Squarespace over a year. I have yet to get a response to one email.
2: Really? really
1: wow because i i have Squarespace and i've never needed i've never asked for anything but i used to be with godaddy and they were like you call them and they answer and they're in phoenix like all everybody's in phoenix and he's like somebody's like hey how's it going man how you doing today what, what can i help you with and it's just like it's the godaddy i will say has phenomenal customer support but the one thing they always do is try and upsell you after they solve your problems like okay well we notice here you don't have something something certificate for this and this and this i'm like i don't need that no but it helps you in this area would you like to add it for like 12 dollars a year i'm like no are you sure well how about this and it's just like okay thank you for your service it's like every technical person that helps you out is also a salesperson and that part was driving me insane absolutely insane but their their support was very good but you know, speaking of bad support, uh, my next-door neighbor, Sergey got Starlink. and
0: <laughs> I'm not laughing that he got Starlink. I'm laughing that there's one more example that they yeah. suck.
1: So he ordered it on Thursday. It showed up on Monday, put it up, loved it. Like 200, his speed was like 200 megabytes a second, and it's like, wow. And then we had a doozy of a thunderstorm, like thunder lightning that's been our, our last two weeks here. Something happened, and in an electrical storm, it went down. And he can't get a hold of anybody for like a week, so he he's back to the oh the worst internet, the stuff I used to have. But um, yeah, no, he's like it's over a week. He he emails him every day, and nobody gets back to him because oh, I can't believe how much it sucks. I'm like oh, um, because I was thinking about that. I'm like oh, maybe we'll get some Starlink, and then talking to the people that are going to move here. They asked what we have for internet. And I told him we have the TELS hub. And they're like, well, we'll probably just get Starlink. Because, like, yeah, my neighbor has Starlink and he loves it. And it was that evening I went to his house. He's like, man, I haven't had internet for over a week. And they won't won't get back to me. He goes, oh, he's bullshit. He says. <laughs> so, uh, I think Elon's just good at selling an idea, hey? He's got an idea and he makes everybody fall in love with it.
0: Yeah, he's a good salesman. Not so much on the delivery. Yeah. But I think the way the all the stories I've heard are so much similar to one another with Starlink, it has to have been part of the business model. Yeah. That, oh, if you, you know, if your internet sucks and you're out in the middle of nowhere, try to get on our beta. As far as I know, everybody has gotten on their beta.
3: Huh.
0: And then once the, you know, the, time period for that beta is over, your service goes down, your price goes up, but not in that order. Hm. Yeah. And, uh, one, one dude that was talking, they, uh, they just cut him off at the end of the beta.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not,
0: it's not available for you anymore.
1: <laughs> we don't like you.
0: What? Yeah. 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 We, well, all that has to do with FCC and, uh, rights. Yeah. Yeah. They were actually in some areas that they weren't authorized to be in <laughs> hmm. Hmm. so while he's while he was uh i think the first week he was trying to buy Twitter, he was also in court over that with the f c c and again no uh no big headlines over that,
2: yeah, Because
0: yeah. it's just small, you know
2: yeah that's funny,
1: yeah, I know we'll i think we'll just take our telus hub it's fine like my parents have that out there right now so but i think i'm gonna i might need to buy another one because if we have the internet in the house i don't know if i'll reach out to the shop and we're gonna need it out there because you know stuff will be doing our etsy and then i want to do my youtube editing and stuff like that so we might have to get another one but we'll see 100 bucks a month It's a lot of costs
0: Well, I will, uh, I pay for, I got uh, fiber optic and I, the plan I'm on is for 200 uh, megabytes, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's about a week or two or three, I think it's three weeks after I got the service. They sent me, uh, IMs and emails saying, Hey, you know, because of reasons that they didn't give, We're going to double your speed and you still pay the same price. And now I get 400,
2: Hmm.
0: you know? Wow. Well, I'm here to tell you. This was this morning. I'm going to send it to you. Right before I got your email to start recording the show, that was what I clocked.
2: Let me see here. 623
1: (laughs) download and 376 upload. Whoa. That's nuts. Your internet connection is very fast. (laughs) No kidding. Wow.
0: Pretty bad when Google comes back and says, hey, who's your internet provider? We need a better one.
1: That's crazy. Oh,
0: yeah. man. Oh. And it's not like that every day. And that's on my mobile device through Wi-Fi in the same room with the router, right? Yeah. It's that fast. But if I'm going to record, this is how it's going to be. If I'm going to upload to YouTube or whatever, this is how it'll be. I'm like, this is just crazy. The the live streaming I could do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, hey?
0: Now, Jeremy, we just get internet.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But Canada is so far behind the states with all that stuff. Cell phones, like, we pay through the nose. Uh, you know, a lot of the providers in the states will give you, like, if you're just, if you're on your phone and you're just streaming music, they won't charge you for that. They won't charge data for that. I'm like, now we pay, we probably pay five times what you guys do, and we get like a tenth of the service. And this yeah. is
0: a, um, my internet is an anachronism for this area. Um, not everybody has it, and then not everybody's as fast. Uh, the people in my, the next town over, Cookville, that have Spectrum, they just, they pay it through the nose, and, they don't, and they're And they promised something, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you have gigaspeed, so it's supposed to be one gigabyte down wow. and about 100 up. But the, all, all the contract is always up to, right? Yeah. So you can get one down. Yeah, but, you know, it's up to one gig. So, uh, and Spectrum just leaves people sometimes in the, uh, instead of megabit, megabyte internet. Mm. Um, my in-laws sometimes can't even make a, used to, could not even make a, they, like use Wi-Fi calling. Oh wow! Th- that it was so bad. Huh. And, uh, and then if we went, if we visited, I noticed that if all four phones were hooked up, it it would almost not work at wow. all. Yeah, you couldn't even refresh your email. So, hmm. but uh, you yeah, know, so not everybody here has this, but
1: but you do. I'm.
0: We, <laughs> they, some of the guys at the company you know, they kept coming out. We complained on a regular basis. Um, and one of the guys I talked to that came to the house is the supervisor of their internet division. Mm. He just came out because we were new customers. We were getting alarms too, and some other stuff. And he just came out to say hi Yeah, and just stretch his legs out of the office one day. And we, him and I were talking and he knew I was smarter than the average bear. As far as the, uh, when president Obama passed the, you know, bring internet to the ignorant masses in the middle of nowhere. And they got all this grant money.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And then I had researched that, you know, they were, they had been investigated for misusing the grant money. Mm I, it was just casual conversation. Yeah, And you know, within a year we had fiber when other people didn't
2: yeah
1: Ign- ignorance sometimes doesn't pay off hey eh? sometimes if you know a little bit you can help, help, I, and get and i'm along. not sure that
0: had anything to do with it other than you know where we're cuz also in the conversation hey we're both vets we both work from home
1: mm-hmm.
0: we need the internet and you know we're stuck with your dial up and HughesNet net that's irrelevant it's worse than not having internet (laughs) yeah because they're like oh it's up to 24 and when you get when you call and complain if they can send somebody out it's a hundred dollars to you wow and a service fee at minimum guy comes out and while he's here, it works great. I don't know what your problem is, Mister Fuss. Oh my God, look at this! You're getting twenty five, we only say twenty four. Oh my lord! Oh my God! Yeah. He leaves, and an hour later, it goes back to one. You like really, yeah. you sons <laughs> of bitches. And that's the way they are. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yep. Because HughesNet does not want to. They do. They don't want as a corporation to give internet to private individuals. Yeah. Their stick is running uh internet to like convenience stores and gas stations to run billing. Mm. It's very limited data stream and they make Uber profit. Yeah. Um they don't make anything in home internet. And mm. they have to deal with people. A bunch of whiny people like Todd. Yep. <laughs> and so they don't want to be in it. And one of the guys that came out was telling me that, you know, I used to work for this company, that company. And uh, I was then I worked for Hughes corporate. And then he came to the field because his wife wanted to move out of the city. And uh, he's like, Yeah, they just they hate doing this, but they have to. Yeah. For every 100 corporate clients, they have to do some agreement with the FCC. This is what he was telling me. They have to provide so many uh, commercial uh, private clients.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all complex and complicated business,
2: isn't it?
0: Well, um, any co- any company or technology that runs to the FCC is corrupt, anyway. Hmm. I worked across the street from the FCC for many many years and talked to many many people. On uh, at a pretty high level at lunch every day for a long time. Yeah, they're corrupt as hell. Mm. But whatever. Yep. It's federal government. They're all corrupt.
2: Yeah, that's exactly
0: right. Except the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the best if not only good federal agency we have.
2: Mm.
0: And it's odd, too, because it's run by snowflakes, and they're still a good place. I, mm. I don't understand it. It's weird. Hmm. It's
2: funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I haven't been
1: keeping up with news lately. I haven't had any time. Like my wife kind of has a little bit more on the go than I do. But in, uh, speaking of government and how wonderful they are by the end of 2022, it's going to be illegal to import any plastic cutlery or straws into Canada. And by, like, March of 2023, it's going to be illegal to serve food with any plastic <laughs> or sell any plastic cutlery or straws. <sighs> oh, man. Oh, dear. What is going on? Hey. And then he's trying to do the, the C-11 bill. And if that goes through, man, it's going to be bad. They're going to, like, it'll be, like, censorship. Internet censorship will be, like, North Korea. Uh, ran, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to appoint an internet commissioner and they decide what's good, what's not. And he claims it's, it's like, oh, we're trying to promote Canadian content creators. It's like, well, Canadian content creators that are good, don't need your help. Okay. Like Peter McKinnon, he's kind of crushing it and he's good enough to crush it. Now, if you're a YouTuber and you suck, it doesn't matter what the government does to bolster it. You're not going to get growth. People aren't going to watch you like, man, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. I hope we got to get rid of that, that Trudy. You know, the thing I was thinking like this house that I'm in right now is on a gravel road and the only people that drive by are the people that live here. But the new place is on a highway and I'm like, I actually have a lot more effectiveness if I start putting up big political signs on my property i was like i should pound in a couple big telephone poles and put in some sheets of plywood and i can just start spray painting my own signs (laughs) but then that'd be a good way to get the the feds showing up at my door saying hey you gotta you gotta tone this down no it's crazy
0: yeah oh yeah yeah. um i don't know how other than mental illness or stupidity uh, I don't care how far down the uh, Alzheimer's rabbit hole you are for a U.S. president. And say, Oh, no, there's no recession. Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. Are you crazy? I know yeah. the answer is yes, but are you crazy? Yeah. Um, You know, that on one hand and on the other, you've got the other side going. You know, the sky's falling. Well, no, it's a recession. Just calm down yeah there are things that we can do to lessen it but you're not going to because you're playing politics mm-hmm. um, so both sides are, I'll, I'll blame you know yeah oh my god it's getting bad but we got to make it get worse because so he looks worse yeah yeah <sighs> you're hurting people
1: yeah you shoot yourself it. in the foot yeah stop it
0: you know what he needs to do honestly is resign and take his vice president with him. But seriously, though, he needs to put back the uh, oil production, mm-hmm. put the pipeline back in place. Let's get back to, you know, $1. fifty a gallon gas or less and move on.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we need to find out why some other things are happening. And just let the last two years be the last two years. Move along now. The mm. longer we just dwell on, Ugh, you did this and you did that, uh, we can't move forward. Yeah. That's we can move amazing. forward while we leave behind a couple of investigators, and if there were any crimes, we can handle that. Yeah. You know, but the all of earth doesn't need to stop and just dwell on, the whole that is 2020 to
3: 2022.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, we need to move forward. And I'm not saying just forget it. Like I said, leave some investigators that have no political agenda to see if anybody broke the law, broke the rules. We'll take care of that. But let's move forward.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Let's get some industry going again. Let's find out why. Uh, We have these shortages and fix it. Let's find out why, you know, some weird things are happening. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure it's part of any overarching conspiracy because if you have old factories of any sort, and they are old, and then you ramp up production by 150%, that in and of itself might cause the factory to blow up, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying that nine food production facilities getting torched is a conspiracy because they all ramped up and they were all old and that can mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with lower manning, bad, uh, untrained manning, just every key ingredient to an accident they have.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So we can chalk it up to that and move on. Come on. yeah, We really can, especially the, you know, two that died in a plane crash. Hmm. You know, Not nine of that. 19 food production facilities burned. Two of them as a result of a plane crash. Okay, planes crash, people.
1: Yeah. Um, Going back to what what is your uh, gas price right now per gallon of, uh, like, Just regular? Just short of
0: five bucks.
1: Per gallon? Yeah. So you're up there with us because I did the conversion. Uh, we're a dollar ninety-one a liter, which equals to five fifty-eight U.S. per gallon. So we're actually not that much more than you. I thought we were getting just hosed compared to the rest of the world, but everybody's just.
0: Oh yeah, you're getting hosed. Get, yeah, getting that shows probably. everybody just yeah. about.
1: They say Canada does have the highest gas price in the world right now, and we're actually low. Like in in the east, in Toronto, I forget what gas price are. It's like it would probably come out to more like seven to eight dollars U.S. per gallon. It's like a. It's like a. Oh, it's ridiculous. But we're getting a $0.10 drop today, so that's good. Significant reduction in the gas prices, $0.10, but they're just doing that so they can jack it up for, you know, everybody's like, oh, okay, cool, now we can go travel again. Yeah, we'll do that road trip we had planned, and then right before Canada today, like the day before, they're going to put it back up to like $2.10, I bet. Well,
0: the you know, Biden wants to do the federal tax uh, holiday on gas, and while he's doing that, There are several, more than several states that are like, the minute he kills federal tax on it, we're raising state tax.
2: Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. You know, these people are already used to paying $5 a gallon. We need our cut. Yeah. Sons of bitches, you're getting... State tax is normally more than the federal. Huh. On, you know, depending.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you know, a lot of people use the rationale. They're like, oh, it's good that gas prices because we need to do, we need to be better for the environment. But... It's not changing the way people, uh, act. They still drive everywhere. It's not like people are like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start riding my bicycle to work. That that's not making an impact like, and most people, okay. You look at the average American family, North American family. They have a life to a point where chances are, if they drive to work, it's because they need to most people that live like two blocks from work would probably just walk to work. I mean, there's exceptions. There's some people that are outrageously lazy, but it's like, okay, I live in the suburbs and I work in the city. I can't ride my bicycle 30 miles to work and 30 miles home every day. I need to drive my car. And that's literally the job that I've been at for the last 15 years. What am I supposed to do? Just find another job at a convenience store and support my family on that? Like they put the squeeze on hoping that's, oh yeah, we're going to make everybody act differently. It's like, but then we need to completely change the system, right? Like we need to decentralize business from downtown cores and spread it out all over the place. And then, then nobody likes that because now you've got commercial buildings right beside residential and, and an elementary school. And it's like it, uh, the infrastructure, the society is set up in a certain way. And it's not like you can snap your fingers and be like, okay, everybody just ride to wor- ride their bikes to work or everybody just make greener choices. It's like, you know, Europe has set up far more better that way, like as far as public transit and and being able to cycle, like in Japan and stuff like that, we don't, most, most big cities don't have good public transit. Like it's a pain in the butt, right? Instead of jacking up gas prices, put in better public transit facilities, make them safer. Like here, I've been on public transit and it is shady. It's shady at the best. Like I would not let my wife go by herself, downtown Calgary, even on a Monday morning, if she was working in the city. It's just not, it's not safe. There's too many people that are sleeping on the, on the trains and doing drug passed out or dead. It's like just, oh man. Yeah. I,
2: uh, back in, from
0: 1988 to 1992, I was in England. Public transportation was awesome. Where it was available, which is pretty much everywhere. You either had buses or trains or tubes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Safe-ish, you know, more safe than not. I'll Mm -hmm. say that. Uh, The only time I ever run into a problem was in 92 in London on the weekend of a concert. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I got it. It was even when the people were um, drunk or hungover, sleeping it off in the tubes, they were politer about it, right? Mm -hmm. You needed a seat. They'd move their feet. They're like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Not today. I just got through watching uh, two weeks ago, uh, like uh, um hidden camera of the London Underground. Yep. The experience you have on it now. Oh, my God. Pretty bad. It's horrible. Huh. And you don't hear about it. That's crazy. But anyway, uh, people are just, I don't know. They're crazy. Yep. But uh, I agree yeah. that, you know, cities need more, more better, more safer public transportation, mm-hmm. but we need to focus instead of private sales of electric vehicles, let's move into the commercial. Let's get the largest offenders first, mm-hmm. get those semis to be electric and, 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 not just electric, but, uh, reliable and safe Mm
3: -hmm.
0: because, you know, Toyota's brand new all electric vehicle on hold. Oh, really? Uh, Toyota has to, uh, get all those vehicles back. They can't be sold and they're under investigation because they're not safe. Hmm. Uh, Tesla's aren't safe Hmm. and they're not cheap and they don't work right. Yeah. Uh, no fully electric vehicle with the exception of one that I've been able to research is reliable and safe. And that one's not cheap. You only lease it, the company gets it back, uh, and it's Mercedes and it costs a fortune to lease
2: Hmm.
0: only the Uber rich are going to be able to do it. Uh, I think the Prince of Monaco has one, if that tells you anything.
2: Yeah.
1: And And, uh, the thing, thing too, is that like batteries are not good for the environment, right? They're not, and
0: people think, oh, electricity—it's clean. How do you make electricity? Yeah, Yeah. we don't mine it. We don't pull it out of thin air.
1: It's not lightning rods that store it. Every
0: electric, you know, doodad. (laughs) Well, oh, what do they say? Every electric pixie is made from something that died in the earth. Yep, every one of them.
1: And people just refuse to see that. Well, there's wind turbines, but those are highly inefficient.
0: Well, and those aren't generally used to on the. Well, never mind. I guess uh, they are.
1: Yeah, but even then, like you know, uh, they they have to to make a wind turbine. Like I've said it on this podcast before, they burn so much coke and coal to make the steel that that turbine has to run for a hundred years without failing in order to offset the emissions created by making the steel to make the turbine.
0: And they and only he, have an 18- to 30-year lifespan, right? Yeah.
1: And the blades. Like, there's graveyards out in the deserts in Nevada where these blades, once they get used and they get too stressed, they have to take them off before they fail, right? Like, they do that non-destructive testing. They yeah. x-ray them. And, okay. And they've got these blades that are all made of fiberglass, and they don't know what to do with them. And that's They stuff will,
0: just now, some guy has invented a way to um, shred them. Oh, really? And make it a concrete additive.
1: Oh, now we're talking. See, that's a good idea.
0: There's a company, a, an enormous uh, concrete company that uh, have to buy it now because they're getting all kinds of other tax breaks and mm-hmm. stuff. You told
2: me that before, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. I, I, I saw forgot about a, a
0: documentary that. on it. It's amazing. That's cool. Uh, but But the guy said you would have to make a hoover dam every day <laughs> to get rid of all the blades yeah know? yeah so you know it's a start but it ain't a finish yeah it's very difficult to uh, uh because of the stresses involved in those blades and the kind of materials they have to be made of it's super hard to uh do anything with it afterwards
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know, speaking of which i want to put a wind turbine up. it's like a plants. plastic
0: fork what are you going to do with it after you use it yeah yeah you can't recycle it
2: yeah um
0: i'm not a big i don't have a stake in that whole no straws no plastic things because i don't like them anyway yeah i can't stand eating with a plastic fork um, I can use a spoon to like eat ice cream or something, mm-hmm. but I can't. There's something about a plastic fork I hate. I've oh, always really? hated it huh. since I was little.
2: That's interesting. It doesn't bother me.
0: I, I don't know what it is. I, I Who knows?
1: Do you ever got a single-use wooden fork? No. you ever used one of those? They suck. Those people start to go to them now. And it's like, okay, first of all, if you made them sharp enough to actually puncture into food or like a French fry they give people slivers, right? They'd be sticking a piece of wood into their mouth and leaving them there. And so they're like these dull little things that they don't work. And I, we went to this really fancy, it's called regrub, which is burger spelled backwards. It's like a hipster burger place and fries, phenomenal food. And they've got like truffle French fries, uh, like truffle Asiago French fries and they're delicious. But now they've switched to these wooden things and. In order to stick the fry with your fork, you squish it. And I'm just like mushing. At the end of it, it's like I've got some mashed potato fries. I'm like, dude, this is so stupid. Give me a toothpick. Just a single toothpick would be more effective than this silly fork thing that you have.
0: It's a burger and a fry. Just eat it with your hands.
1: Yeah, well, with the Asiago cheese and the truffle oil. And, oh, I get it. It's classy. Right. It's classy, Todd. The hipsters are classy. Yeah, they don't well, eat with their hands. just give you chopsticks. <laughs> there you go. But those are, yeah. How much wood? How many trees are we going to have to cut down for chopsticks? Makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Hey, just well,
0: <laughs> the thing about trees are they're renewable.
1: That's true. But they, oh, that, but that takes away arguments, Todd. Come on.
0: And then the, um, as the Chinese have proven, you can do anything with bamboo. Yes. Anything. And they, it grows incredibly fast. It's incredibly strong uh, in one direction. You
1: know? Yeah. It's so, illegal to grow here.
0: And I don't blame people for not liking it in the North America because it's
2: Super. incredibly aggressive. Yes. Yeah.
0: And we don't do anything with it. And that's one yeah. of the problems. Yeah.
1: There's a couple companies like in the early 2000s that were doing bamboo bicycle frames. And so they, the main support tubes would be bamboo and then they used carbon fiber and stuff. And they were actually cool. They said they rode really well, nice firm, but still had that natural flex that you also get from like a steel frame and they were actually getting a little bit popular. Like there's a couple of companies popping up in California that were making them, but I haven't heard anything of them since. I think once fully carbon fiber, uh, caught on and and they could actually make it. So it was a little bit more robust, like the first carbon fiber bicycle frames. If you got a piece of gravel off of a little car driving by, good, uh, you know, it'd be the point where it's like, that's not safe to ride. But, um,
0: uh, my, uh, one of my wife's uncles had, was all into that at one point. Hmm. Incredibly expensive Italian bikes for, uh, long distance riding. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The, you know, bike, you know, oh, it's a two pound bike, you know, cost me. 7,000, you know, whatever it was, 20,000. Yeah. It was, a, it was stupid expensive. You pick it up with one finger. But if you squeeze the tube, you know, it was so yeah. flexy. I'm like, that doesn't seem safe.
2: Yeah. The lightest bike
1: I've ever physically held in my hands was a 12 pound bicycle. And that is like astronomically light. Like a light bike is a 15 pound, 16, 14. This was a 12 pound bike and it cost, I want to say it was about 17 grand. And it's the point where like all the chain links, the side plates of the chain links were cut out like when they were manufactured and they had titanium pins in the chain. And then like the tubes that, that make up the chain, that was titanium, titanium plates. It was unreal. Like you, and that was with rubber on, like fully ready to ride with a saddle was 12 pounds. And I'm like, wow, it was How about insane. a carbon
0: fiber chain with... Titanium pens and titanium bushings. Well, there you go. In the and uh, it was so incredibly noisy.
2: Oh really? Uh Huh.
0: It was it was infuriating because it had hmm. that titanium on titanium squeak.
2: Oh yeah, yeah yeah.
0: I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's it you, if you once you do you never forget it.
2: Huh.
0: Oh my god! And you couldn't lube it because the lube would harm the oh, yeah. potentially harm the carbon fiber. Huh, but then they came up with a dry, uh,
2: like graphite or something.
0: It's a titanium-based graphite powder. Hmm. I don't pretend to understand it. I think it's just a bunch of bunk that they sell rich people that want to look cool on a bike. Yeah, and uh, it. Uh, I know. I know between his bike and his. Stupid outfit! He had at least 25, 26 grand. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. That's hilarious! Hey, looks like a juice box riding a bicycle <laughs> or a yogurt cup. It's crazy, man. That's it's not on the on your head. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: this really great aerodynamic helmet. Okay, you can call it that. We'll yeah. call it something else.
1: <laughs> I wear a cowboy hat usually when I ride because I just want to protect myself from sun exposure, but. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into that. I don't see the draw of just that pure road. You see people just like riding on the highway. It's like a perfectly straight highway from Calgary to Strathmore. And they're all kitted up and they look like a yogurt cup. It's like, you're literally pedaling beside two lanes of traffic in a perfectly straight line. Yes. You got a really nice wide shoulder. The cars are about like eight feet away from you, but is that boring? Cause I would just, I love cycling, but that would never do it for me, man. I like to get on these gravel roads, and you come over a hill, and there's a farm you've never seen before, or the road follows an irrigation canal, and there's a, you know, turn here, turn there. There's some cows, and, man, I do it for what I can see along the way, not on just, like, how fast I, can I get there?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you something I I don't understand. One of the judges I used to work for, with was in the recumbent biking.
1: Hey, I had a recumbent.
0: I'm like, I, I just don't get it.
1: It's awesome. It, you will be the ridicule of all the cycling. So there's these pictures they always put, used on the blogs, um, of a bunch of sea otters on their backs, and then underneath them they'd have a guy in a recumbent bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> the otter squad. So I bought— I mean, he
0: got into, he got into really good cardiovascular shape. Mm-hmm. That's one, one of the reasons he got into bicycling. And he hated bikes, and he found them recumbent anyway. And that's what he chose. He said, you can gear this thing to even on a f- perfectly level flat road for 30 miles. You can put special gearing on it where that's hard to ride. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But and I'll like, tell you, the advantage to a recumbent is aerodynamic. It's all aero. Because you look, when you're on a diamond frame bike, That's what they call a regular road bike, a diamond frame. You Your frontal area is huge, right? Because you're almost standing up, but not quite. So you've got all this resistance, whereas you're in a recumbent, it's, you know, your frontal area can be as much as a third less. And so when I had a recumbent, I bought it used off of a guy who spent all of his money on bikes and it was a Vole. It was handmade in Waterford, Wisconsin and not carbon fi- the, the seat was carbon fiber, but, uh, and this one was a, a high wheel. So it had 26 inch wheels and I could maintain without working hard at all, I could maintain 60 kilometers an hour on a flat thing without any wind. So that's like 35 miles an hour. That's fast. And that that was like just normal cruising. Downhill, I got that thing up to 89 kilometers an hour once, which is, I don't know, maybe 45 or something, maybe 50. And uh, it just phenomenal. But the one thing recumbents are horrible for is climbing hills. Like you just, just the way the, the mechanics is, You don't get the power. You can't use the same muscles in your legs that create the most amount of power. Um, but they're just super efficient. So just for long distances that are just flat, you'll just, you'll crush guys. There'll be guys that are like category, whatever racers on the highway and I'll pass them and I'm like, not in super shape. And they're just like, how on earth are you doing that? It's like, I've got a narrow advantage that you wouldn't believe, but yeah, you're an absolute, you cannot ride a recumbent and not be a dork. Like you have to have a propeller hat on at the same time. (laughs) just how it is (laughs) you have to accept that in your lot in life everyone will point at you and be like look at the dork I'm like yeah I know I know I'm a dork but I ended up selling that bike to a doctor in Edmonton 2300
0: bucks yeah
1: yeah I got bought it for 17 so I made some money Rode it for a year but well I should probably get back to moving Todd I think the kids are gonna be here any minute and then, uh, ugh, speaking well, of exercise, already. speaking of exercise. You want to go ahead
0: and call it for next week and what? just skip it?
1: Next week? I think we could do one next week.
0: Oh, well, what, I thought let, you were saying that you didn't know.
1: Uh, let me see. Uh, but, 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 yeah, no, because, well, we're going to be totally done. Like, once we get moved out of here, hopefully tomorrow we'll be totally done. Then we're going to clean the house. And then I've just got some... I have that industrial racking I got to load up. I've got a few things to do it in here. Where the can was, I'm going to kind of smooth that ground out and make it look pretty. And then I'm going to bring in a load of gravel just cause it kind of sank a little bit right in front of the garage. So there's like about a two inch lip to get to the garage concrete. So I'm just going to bring a dump of gravel and just kind of smooth everything out. But that should all happen. I think we're good for next week. Well, unless, unless things go like way slower than I thought, I think we can plan on next week. Cool. I don't know where I'll do it. Maybe out in the shop, might be, I don't know. A little makeshift thing, but I can just set this stuff up anywhere, it's really. It's not a problem. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to. I like. I enjoy these podcasts. I hate it when we have to miss them.
0: I love doing this thing. Yeah,
1: me too. And our our fans, man, our fans. Like they, I feel so bad. Like, what's their life like when we don't put a podcast out? That's, can you imagine that? That's hard. Yeah. That's a hard way to live, so we better do it. Yeah, I
0: mean, <laughs> they they work so hard. Moving out of the homeless camp every Friday <laughs> right. to go to um, sit in the alley beside a Starbucks for the free Wi Fi and listen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on. Well, thanks, Todd. It was a good one we had today. And thanks to the audience for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. Either
2: way, we're going to keep doing it.
0: See y'all next week.
2: All righty.